This is New Hampshire's home for sports on ESPN New Hampshire Radio, WGAM Manchester, WGHM Nashua. We could great. We could greatness brought it again for the fifth year. How is it possible it keeps getting better even after all these years? Kind of makes you wonder what Foot Locker is up to. You know, that's an unfortunate mindset you got there. Tom Brady. Just because something's great year after year doesn't mean anything's going on. Why can't some things just be great? Just a question. It starts with questions, and then questions turn into assumptions, and then assumptions turn into vacations. So why would you punish the week of greatness for something that never even happened? I lost my appetite. fast player who's like a missile so it was a good it was a good clean hit uh, nothing against it uh, just took it and uh, just knocked the wind out of me a little bit uh, that's all uh, you ever get the wind knocked out of you you know what that feels like just uh, down for about a minute or two uh, you know it's a little tough to breathe but once you get once it comes back you're good Welcome back to Stretch Run and to a Boston Billiards Club and Casino in Nashua, 55 Northeastern Boulevard is where Bob Bardis and myself are hosting the Stretch Run from today. Two hours down, one to go. It's happy hour, half-price drinks. Come on down, play some games, enjoy a beverage. Got a beautiful lady singing over there right now in the corner. Good thing we weren't set up there. We were originally set up uh, over there. Bob, yeah, we wouldn't we have been got, able to hear a thing. Exactly, but we got great live but, music. Yeah, yeah I would have got lost in her uh, voice, though. But. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of getting lost, uh, our next guest is out in the San Francisco Bay Area covering the Patriots and 49ers, and he has been working on a uh, three-part story he's doing for the Lawrence Eagle Tribune. I urge you all to check out the first part that's up there right now where he speaks to a lot of people um, from Brady's early years, uh, whether it be family, friends, coaches, uh, explores the roots of Tom Brady, the New England Patriots quarterback, but I hope he is not lost in the massive foam blob that has taken over Santa Clara, California. Uh, as we speak, uh, it is a result of a non-toxic part of a flame suppression system that malfunctioned. Thank God it's nothing serious, but uh, Santa Clara, where the Patriots will be playing the 49ers on Sunday, is engulfed in foam right now, and I hope uh, Bill Bird is not. Bill, are you in the midst of that foam? You know what? I'm thankfully I'm about probably about 50 miles away from it, but I am going to be in that area tonight. And it's funny because I got to figure that out if that's going to be a traffic issue because uh, 
I was gonna pop down to, uh, speaking of bars, get down to uh, Kevin Euclid's bar down in uh, Los Gatos. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, he's got a brewery that he, uh, brewery restaurant, and uh, they make their own beer, and uh, it's supposed to be a great place. So I said I, I talked to him about three months ago. Said if, gonna, if I come down, I'm going to check it out. So I'm going to check it out. Uh, good stuff. That should be fun. And yeah, you, you yeah. talk about it. that's the one thing I love the Bay Area, um, Bill. But it, I mean, everything is so spread out. It's not like here, you know. So it's right. you got to calculate your trips at the right time. Make sure you don't get caught in traffic, and apparently. You don't get caught in foam. So, um, but listen, Bill. You, you know what? You did a great job in that first part today, and I, I look forward to the uh, the other two parts of your three part series on Tom Brady's mm-hmm. roots in that area. Um, talk about this and what it's been like, kind of learning about Tom before we really knew who Tom Brady was. Yeah, I. I mean, I've known this before. I met Tom's father about a decade ago. Um, he was in Lawrence speaking uh, at a church. And I got to know him a little bit. Then I saw him out at the tournament at Pebble Beach and, you know, got to know him even better. And um, so, you know, I've been on speaking terms with him. And uh, I thought about this trip here. You know, I, I realized this, is, this was his uh, first time. Technically, this is his first home game for Brady. First time he's ever played in San Francisco, which is where he grew up. He grew up in San Mateo. was literally 18 miles from, from where Candlestick was. Now, Santa, Cruz, Santa Clara is uh, south, so that's north. Santa Clara is south from San Mateo. Um, that's probably about 30-something miles from there. Um, so that's where we're headed now. But it's the first time he's played before family and friends, uh, which is remarkable. You think about 17 years that he played. Um, but what happened was in 2008, when the Patriots came here, he was hurt, obviously, so he didn't come. And he had made plans to come to that game. You have same thing, over 100 people, family, friends, uh, they're all going to sit together. I don't know if he got all of them tickets, but a lot of them. Uh, it's been crazy. Uh, he's got like two people who are doing the planning behind the scenes. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I got to know the family a little bit. Um, went by the house on Wednesday and uh, talked to uh, one of his sisters in, in detail, uh, his oldest sister, Maureen. And it is a remarkable family. And I went down to the high school as well. Saw his best buddy on the football team when he played there, who's now the athletic director, a wide receiver mm-hmm. who went to Hawaii, University of Hawaii. Um, saw the current coach, who's a native of here, but his father grew up in Worcester, went to uh, Holy Cross. You know, small world, small world. And and um, it was, it's been amazing. I, it, I, I sort of knew what I was walking into. I sort of, I, I sort of had an idea of the background of his story. It's just from talking to his dad a little bit, but. You realize, uh, you know, he's, and everyone knows, he's the youngest of four children, three older sisters, but, but all three sisters were scholarship athletes. And um, that's, uh, that's pretty amazing when you think about it. His oldest sister, you know, she really was the superstar of the family. Uh, she was the best athlete in San Mateo County, you know, for like three years. Uh, softball player, went to Fresno State, was an All-American at Fresno State. Still holds all high school records around here with no hitters and whatnot. Um, she's now, she lives in the L.A. area. She's got two daughters, and uh, she's in town for the game this week. So, so it, but what the story goes is he saw this, this uh, you know, as Dad had mentioned, they, he tried to, you know, take guitar lessons, take piano lessons. Let's see if we can make them cultural. Get out of the arts center. And everyone just kept going, I want to play a game, Dad. I want to play a sport. 
he said, look, that's, uh, it probably came from us. Me and my wife were both athletes. And, uh, and so he saw that from day one. He saw success from day one. His oldest sister, uh, I, I believe, is, you know, she's sort of Tom Brady personified in terms of her attitude and how good she was, how hard she worked. And, uh, and I think just the nurturing that he got uh, really pushed and basically nurtured this competitive fire, which the dad said really was involved in everything they did. Everything was a competition. Every day they go to games, and it was friendly competition. And there were tears sometimes, but um, he said the lessons of winning and losing is amazing, and you all realize how much you want to win. And, and I just uh, I, I can't explain it, but he saw that every day, almost every day of his life. And uh, this is what we got here right now, a guy that's fiercely, fiercely competitive. But to be honest with you, that's the way he was bred. Now, you know, how much were you able to get into what he has gone through, obviously, over the last two years with the Flakegate and the way, you know, just the, his, the, the commercial he just did, whether it be that or the way it, it, it hurt him. I mean, it, it, there's no doubt about it, you know, and it, he, he's, pri- he's proud, like you said. He's determined. He's, he's a go-getter, and, and he's earned everything he's gotten. And I, I think that commercial, while it was humorous, was a reflection of that saying, hey, you know, I, I earned this, not by cheating, by working my tail off. Right. How much are you getting that sense from them of, of just really how deep that cut? It's, it's really it's in the fiber of his body. And his father had said that. That's the one thing he said. It's not the successes he had. It's the times he's been knocked down. And it's happened in his career. And he, he went back to Michigan, you know, talking about Michigan. And I don't really – I mentioned a little bit in the story – uh, today's story, but that's really um, that's really what probably changed the course of his life. If he had gone to say, um, just say a place like uh, you know Cal Berkeley, which is where his dad wanted him to go, you know, because it was not far away, and he would have seen him all the time, would have saw every game in person, wouldn't have to travel as much. Uh, but instead, you know, he decided to go to Michigan. Had to fight for a position initially when it appeared he won the position as a sophomore, uh, lost it to Brian Greasy. They end up going undefeated, winning the national title, so it looks like it's the right decision. Uh, but that didn't go over well with the family. Then, you know, a year later, it's Drew Henson comes to town and he's sharing the position with Drew Henson. And that's really what caused NFL teams to say, even Belichick has said this before, that, you know, when a guy is not really the full time player in college, you know, you have questions arise. Uh, but if you did your homework, uh, I think I think uh, Lloyd Carr was sort of forced by uh, the, the, the donors that this kid is the best athlete ever to come out of Michigan. We don't really know a lot about this Brady kid, but we want him to play. And I think that's what sort of happened. It was forced fed to Lloyd Carr. And Brady paid the price. You know, he played the last 10 games of the senior year. But he said that experience taught him never to take anything for granted. This is coming from his dad and the mm-hmm. drive. Now, the interesting part is that I, I wrote about it today was going back to the draft, and um, that was a big day in his life, the second day of the draft when nobody called him. And uh, his dad said, his dad was about you know, six and a half years, uh, was in seminary school, almost became a priest. Uh, so this is, you know, this is a family that talks about truth and Christ and, you know, all, everything positive and being nice and he said, uh, you know, Belichick called him and said, hey, uh, I'd like to talk to Tom. 
uh, you know, we, we just drafted him, and he said, oh, great, Coach. Um, I, I can't get him right now. He's taking a shower. When instead he took a baseball bat and was running around the neighborhood basically upset, losing his mind because he wanted, he thought he was going to get drafted the first three or four rounds. San Diego Chargers had said a couple of times, we're going to take you, we're going to take you. They never did. So he was depressed. And uh, then when, you know, San Francisco 49ers, which is my story tomorrow, how they let Brady get away, uh, you know, choose this guy um, Giovanni Kamazi out of uh, Hofstra. And so basically these moments, and that's where his family came in, a lot of support for him. And that, that's where what I could ask you today is the family uh, support system he had is not, I don't want to say it's not normal, but it was there. And it goes back to this past year. Uh, same thing with uh, the Flake Eight and the summer. Uh, those are some tough times. It was tough on him. He doesn't show it, doesn't like to show anything. But his father said it was very tough on him. And that's where they were there for him a lot. And, you know, he said he talked to him a lot about it. And, uh, just you got to fight through it, Tom. you got to fight through it. And he said, I'm going to, you know, inferred, I'll make them pay somehow. And that's what that's what he's doing right now. It, the commercial, too, Bob, I mean, let's face it. Brady doesn't do many commercials. You know, right. I'm sure he has a plethora of offers. And they're stacked up, and they'll be waiting there when he finally retires. And he can go the way of Peyton Manning if he wants. But he doesn't do them, and, you know, he's obviously, as you've said throughout this interview, one of the most focused athletes we've ever seen around this neck of the woods. Um, but for him to do that, I, it just, it, that right there, yes, it was comical, and I thought he nailed it, but the fact he did it shows you how much, right. it, how, how, how deep it cut. And, I, you know, good on him. I, I like, he's getting a lot of criticism around the league and around the country saying let it go, but... Forget that. Why let it go? He, if he believes he's innocent, then do it, right. right? I will tell you, I was talking to Kirby, John Kirby, his buddy, the wide receiver with him the senior year, uh, high school, and, you know, I brought up the play date, and he goes, yeah, I can't believe it. I mean, he didn't do it. I, I know Tom. He did not do that. That Tommy, they call him here. So Tommy, to everyone within a 50-mile radius here that knows him calls him Tommy. So, uh, so I was starting to call him Tommy. I, like, I don't think I could ever call him Tommy if they're calling him Tom is all great. But he basically went off and just looked at me like, please don't. He gave me the look like, please don't tell me you think he might have done this. He didn't do it. So that's, that's the support he has here. And that's the, the commercial, perfect. Exact, you said it exactly right. He gets hundreds of offers for commercial. He does very few, does only a handful. And... Um, and this was definitely selected. And it, look, it was funny. I got to give credit. I only saw it yesterday for the first time, or two days ago before I left. And um, yeah, this was um, take that NFL. And they're going to be, uh, you know, again, it's, this is going to go on for a couple of years because, uh, in fact, this, tomorrow is this, the part two of our series is uh, is on the 49ers blowing it. And part three is basically, you know, talking about why he is right now playing as good, if not the best of his career, and you know, um, people think he's going to retire in one or two years. He said, I think he told the, the New York media 10 years uh, last year, um, you know, that means 47, 48 years old. That sounds crazy, but he didn't <laughs> laugh when he said it. So, uh, it's, yeah. this, guy, this guy's crazy. There's, uh, he's driven in his, his physical conditioning. He's driven in his dieting. I mean, He's never had a cup of coffee or eaten a strawberry. All right? I'm, never. Not had a cup of, a cup of coffee or strawberry. And, uh, you know, 
how about burgers? Well, how about once every two or three months if you can? I don't, you know, I don't. He's he's uh, he's driven here, and he said as long as he's playing, I think while his career is wants to be an elite professional athlete, be great. He's not going to play if he's average. He will retire. Uh, he treats this uh, like every day, every moment, everything he does is important. So. Great stuff. And uh, quickly, uh, before we let you go, uh, go ahead, yeah, Bob. Uh, Bill, once once we actually see uh, Tom retire, do you think we're going to see him in politics? No. You know what? Uh, I, I No, I don't think so. I, I, well, let's just say probably not. Um, you know, if he wanted to run for senator or something big. Right, maybe, right. But, uh, not so, I can't say never, but... I will tell you, I believe his calling in life now is, uh, and I, he, this has happened, I think, over his physical growth here over the last four or five years under Alex Guerrero, you know, controversial figure. Uh, yep. TB12 sports therapy, TB12 dieting, this, this is turning into a, I think, a big venture and a big financial gaining venture, too. I think he basically thinks that he can help others and his diet that he's on, uh, I, it's got to be working. I mean, I, I, I saw him after the game against Buffalo and walked by him. And I'm telling you, he looked like he was 32 years old. You know, it, it's amazing. He, he just looks younger. And I said, I, I said, hey, you took a lot of shots today. And he said, yeah, but I'm okay. And I thought he got killed at the Buffalo game. And, yeah. Um, lo and behold, you know what? No issues. Nothing. Uh, I. So I think... This is going to be his calling, uh, nutrition, uh, strength and conditioning. Now, his strength and conditioning is a little different. It's not big weight. It's, you know, that's for the offensive lineman. He's more into pliability, stretching. And that's why he thinks physically he can take the pounding because of his because of the muscles and the exercises he does. More bands, a lot of bands. So that's, like, that's where I think his career is going. I think that, that business is going to be... A multi, multi, multi-billion dollar business. Yeah, I'm with you, my friend. I, I, I definitely see that happening. Listen, Bill, always a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of uh, San Francisco. I know there's a ton of Boston, New England transplants out there. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure you'll find a ton of Pats fans, well, and they'll be representing. I'm, I'm trying to get out to Alcatraz Island, but I can't. It's like it's harder to get off that island. Is they, they sell tickets sell three months in advance, and I didn't really plan this properly because that's always been a dream of mine to go on the island. So I'm waiting for a, a hopeful cancellation tomorrow morning and so I can speak over. All right, but I just hope you get off because we can't rescue, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so don't get lost in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the fog or whatever the heck that is flying around San, Santa Clara, yeah, all right, I'm my told, friend? I'm, I'm told there's no Wi-Fi over there, so I definitely don't want to get caught over there. All right, thanks, guys. Sounds good. All right, it's Bill Bird of Lawrence Eagle Tribune. Check out the second of his three-part series tomorrow on Tom Brady, uh, going all the way from his roots where he is now in the San Francisco Bay Area up until now and looking towards the future. Great writing, as always, by Bill Burt. Uh, pleasure to have him on the show, and thanks to him for calling in taking the time there. Uh, we have two segments left to go, and it's our favorite time of the week, a Friday with Gabriel Morenci here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire, live from Boston Billiards Club and Casino, 55 Northeastern Boulevard. Come on down and say hello. We'll be back. Go digital with ESPN New Hampshire. Follow us on TuneIn. 
winningest senior class in Houston football history. Final score. Look, we knew Houston had a chance to win this game. I don't think anybody thought that this kind of domination was possible against Lamar Jackson and the Cardinals. 36 to 10, the final score. It ain't so bad, rock and roll! Down. And welcome back to the stretch run. ESPN New Hampshire. Jimmy Murphy, your host here, alongside my attorney Laszlo, aka Bob Bartis. The ether is not in effect, don't worry. <laughs> we are not fear and loathing in Las Vegas, but we are fear and having fun in the Boston Billiards Club and Casino in Nashua, New Hampshire. Man, this place is kicking now. It's happy hour. The tables are full. We got a great band. Actually, I got their, got their card. I'm going to give them a nice little plug here if I can find it anywhere. Well, yeah, Meanwhile, we got half-price drinks until 7 o'clock. Half-price drinks until 7 o'clock. Yeah. I, uh, I may have just ordered an adult beverage. Okay. I'll be honest. All right. Uh, it, well, as long, as long as it gets delivered in allegedly. 26 minutes. Allegedly. 26 allegedly. minutes. Yeah. So uh, the band playing here, too, this lady's uh, got a great voice. They're, they're known as uh, Wooden Soul. And you can find them on Facebook. Just type that in there. They're a uh, Nashua-based band. And they've, uh, they're cranking the tunes out here. And you know how much I love my music here if you listen to Stretch Run. So uh, always love helping out the local music scene. And I always love talking to one Gabriel Morenci on a Friday evening. His happy hour is underway. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? Hey, nothing wrong with a happy hour in a casino. I'm jealous. <laughs> as long as it stays happy right <laughs> yeah exactly exactly you know what i've done a lot of shows over the years in in casinos and once i was in vegas doing the show i was in the sports book at uh palace station the place where oj got busted actually um, really so Pal wow. yeah palace station uh, i actually lived at palace station for like three months um, yeah, it's it's a good uh, you know, it's a good conversation starter. You know, oh, yeah, I live at Powell Station. You know the place where OJ uh, stole his own <laughs> stuff back. <laughs> but I was doing a show, and we were set up in the sports book. And you know, in the old days, you know, the, this, the UFC was big, but it was it wasn't the behemoth that it is now. And the Fertitas, who owned the UFC at the time, owned the Powell Station, so. You know, I was able to get a bunch of UFC fighters. They wanted it. You know, yeah, go down. So, you know, we had Chuck Liddell. We had like a who's who of the UFC, and we're doing a show in the sports book, and we get a tap on the shoulder from management, basically, and uh, we were asked to move. <laughs> we had to set up shop uh, for the rest of the weekend uh, in the Irish pub because we were oh, disturbing that's... the Kino and the horse players. <laughs> <laughs> and basically we were too loud so they were like who the hell are these guys and why are all these tattoo people running around here and why are they yelling and basically they, they told us they said listen guys like these old people are here every day man like so we got to move you to the bar because we don't want to upset them <laughs> so anyone that's ever been to a casino or a horse track a race booking casino knows uh, that the old timers always win, man. It's like they always vote. <laughs> they always win the battle. <laughs> like, you know, what's going to be on the big screen, the horse race or the, or the hockey game? The horse race. Trust me. The, yes. they, they'll win. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Let me ask you something. Speaking of winning, um, is, any, is any team 
in the top five other than Alabama going to win consistently and stay in there? I mean, wow. Houston saying, hey, don't forget about us. We're still here and just taking a whooping on uh, Louisville. Yeah, it almost all seems irrelevant and pointless, doesn't it, actually? Alabama is just so much better uh, than everybody else. Uh, they wouldn't be listed. I mean, I saw a couple of weeks ago in hypothetical odds against Clemson, Ohio State, um, and, and all the other powerhouse teams. Well, actually, Ohio State wasn't listed at the time, but they weren't favored by less than seven and a half, eight against anybody. And I think that might be gratuitous uh, right now, actually, to the competition. You know, Louisville, you know, met the same. You know, Louisville were overhyped. Let's be real. Louisville were overhyped. They didn't play a very strong, um, you know, con- you know schedule. Uh, they have a flashy quarterback, and they were kicking the crap out of teams. Uh, the Houston Cougars are a dangerous team. It's too bad that they stumbled against SMU. You know, maybe if they only had one loss, you know, you can make an argument for them. But you know, Tom Herman's a hell of a coach. Uh, we'll see if if Houston can hang on to him because there's a lot of programs going to be going after this guy. I'm kicking myself. Um, you know, I heard that you know play-by-play guy during the game. Well, nobody expected this. Well, I expected it, um, but unfortunately, I couldn't get it. I mean, the point spread got so high up to 17 and a half. Uh, the book that I was betting at actually didn't have a money line. Now I saw it was plus really? 650 before the game, and yeah. uh, I was able to get an in-game. So basically, Houston scored 11 seconds into the game, and then I got Houston at plus 265. Uh, on the money line, and, you know, we went wire to wire, but uh, in typical Marenzi fashion, I screwed it up because I bet on the over, too. So, <laughs> well, well, you know, I'll, I'll just... Louisville is going to score 10 freaking points, man. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll just put it this way, Gabe. So I, I'm, I'm driving home uh, from work last night. I'll tell you this quick story because it's typical Murphy's Law. And uh, I, I pull over at the, my favorite supermarket around here. If you're ever here, you got to go there. Market Basket's the best. It's, it's so cheap. So I'm at Market Basket just getting a little dinner, you know, and I'm going to go home, watch the Bruins, watch the Louisville-Houston game, and then maybe the 10 o'clock hockey games. Oh, I'm psyched. I'm like, it's a Thursday night. We're going to be at Boston Billings tomorrow. So I get up to the register and uh, denied, denied, denied. My car's not working. I'm like, that's funny. I just checked. I, I had plenty in there. And so there was some big mishap with uh, one of the, you know, the automatic billing things that comes out of my, my account. Uh, but I get all frazzled. I completely forget to throw in Houston. I was all, all day, I'm telling myself I'm going to do it. And, and so I'm sitting there, I'm watching, the, I'm watching the Bruins game, and I turn on the Houston game, and I'm like, oh, no, I forgot. <laughs> oh, it, it was just worst. one of those things. Yeah, but you know if I got it in, that wouldn't have happened. So that's the way I look at it. My card got rejected once in a Walmart in Vegas, actually. Uh, I had like an $800 TV. And uh, they were convinced like I was some sort of criminal hustler too, right? Because I was pulling out, I pulled out another. I was like, try this card. <laughs> I went through like three of them. And finally, I snapped, man. I called, I called the bank like while I was in line. <laughs> and I'm like, you're making me look like a freaking idiot. Now, Walmart, and I'm trying to buy a TV. And I swear to God, it's the first time in the history of anything. Visa gave me $100. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, no, the bank was great about it. Yeah. 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 They said, you it's... know what? We're so sorry because I kept on going back. This is an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. <laughs> they actually tacked on 100 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and you're calling from Vegas. That's awesome. I love it. Hey, let's get right into the college football for the weekend, my friend. What are some of the games you've got your eye on that you're going to make sure by no means you miss? Well, you know what? It's a tricky, it's a tricky card this week, Jimmy. And I don't want to, 
I don't want to force anything. So I have a little less. You know, a lot of times I might have 10 games, uh, 12 games on a typical call of Saturday that I'm looking to attack. Uh, you know, but for the record, actually, we got we have a game tonight. And I see the numbers going up here, and I think it's going in the wrong direction. And I, I enjoy seeing it go up right now. The UNLV running Rebels are getting 29 points against Boise State. As the public will look at this game, and they'll see Boise State, and they'll at think, home. oh, Boise State are 9-1. Yep. UNLV are a basketball school. They're horrible on the road. They're going to get killed. And they won't look at the fact that UNLV are 8-2 and two to the over this year. Uh, UNLV are scoring. They put up 69 points last week against Wyoming. Uh, they're also probably not going to realize that Boise State are actually three and seven against the spread, guys. Three and seven. You know they played ten oh games. Yeah, you're nine and one. Good for you. I mean, two weeks ago, listen. Last week they blasted Hawaii. They were they went to Hawaii and they took care of business, 52-16. The week before though was a similar situation to tonight. Uh, they were playing against the San Jose State uh, team who's not as good as UNLV is, um, they were laying like, you know, 30, 32 or 35 or whatever it was. They ended up winning by 14. They won 45-31. Wow. Boise's defense isn't great. UNLV can run the football a little bit right now. Uh, they have a high-octane offense. I expect to track me tonight. I like the game to go over the 64. It's, it's freezing uh, there tonight. It's going to be about 30 degrees or so. So, you know, it is going to be a little cool, but – you know, UNLV have actually played well in cold weather before, actually. It's somewhat of a surprise. It's like the kids get up for it and they want to prove uh, that they can play in it. I just think the number's too high. I'm not calling a money line outright win here, but give me the UNLV running Rebels plus the 29 points. And that's going to be the theme of the week for me collegiately, guys. As you look at Michigan, you know, Michigan lost last week. They shouldn't have laid 21 points this. on the road yep. to Iowa. Now they're laying 24 and a half points to an Indiana team it's not terrible. You know, Indiana scrappy. Are a competitive team that battled with Penn yep. State last week. Uh, Michigan's working in a new quarterback in John O'Corn. He was a good quarterback at Houston. He's a transfer. So the kid has played before, and he's an elite quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. Um, but with that being stated, it's his first start of the season. Michigan doesn't need to win this game by 25. You know, their, their right. playoff course is set. You know, they're playing in yep. Ohio State next week. Win the game tomorrow. They're going to Ohio State next week to play for a spot in the Big Ten championship game and then subsequently in a spot uh, in, the, in, the, in the playoff. They don't need to win by 25, and I don't think they do. I think Indiana can hang around, and, you know, maybe they lose by 17, 14, 17. Hell, maybe 21. All those scores give us a winner. Uh, so in the end, and I see it's up to 25 right now. Uh, give me yes. 25 points uh, with Indiana. Um, you know, here's another with one you. with a big dog that we'll be looking at. Uh, Clemson and Wake Forest. Uh, Clemson have been living dangerously all year. They were lucky that NC State missed that 33-yarder a couple of weeks ago. Finally caught up to them. Clemson are a good football team, and they are a playoff-caliber football team. Uh, but Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers are 0-7 against the spread when laying 18 or more points on the road in conference play. We just saw you know, Wake Forest is a 6-4 and four football team. Uh, we just saw Wake Forest. They had the lead, man, 12-3 at the half against Louisville. They were up 12-10 going into the fourth quarter. Uh, Clemson have never been a good road favorite. Clemson are in a similar situation. Nothing fancy. They just need to win the football game and move on. So there's another monster underdog that I'll be taking with Wake Forest, plus 22 and a half. 
All right. You know what I've been looking at, and I wonder if there, it, it, it's me thinking that Pitt's due for a letdown and, and Duke is a, is a solid team. I could see Duke going in there and, and surprising them in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it is, it is a nice setup. I'd, be like, I'd like to be getting a little bit more than seven. Uh, yeah. The total is 62, but I agree with you. It is a, it's a, I like where you're going with that. It is, it is a big letdown uh, for, for the Pittsburgh Panthers right now uh, off that really, really emotional, uh, emotional win. Now, one game, actually, now, I don't think much of the Big 12, and I think even less of them because they refuse to play a conference championship game. Um, but... With, with Louisville losing, you know, it opens up the door for West Virginia. Now, I'm not buying into Oklahoma, and every year people want to sell Oklahoma at this time of the year, and, you know, usually people buy it, and then they get their ass handed to them uh, when, in, in the playoff or the, in the major bowl game. Uh, big game, Bob Stoops hasn't won a big game in a while. They are 8-2, <laughs> but this Mountaineer football team, Jimmy, we've talked about them a lot every Friday. I think they're a live dog here. It's going to be a wild environment on a Saturday night. Um, Morgantown on a Saturday night? Are you oh, kidding yeah, me? They, they, they serve liquor in that stadium, too. Yeah, it's going Not to be ugly. Not all college stadiums do. Well, more and more do yep. now, actually. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a crazy environment. That crazy redneck dude with the beard and the musket and stuff like that. <laughs> You're going to be all fired up. It's the biggest home game since, like, the, the major Harris days. I'm going to take the three points with the West Virginia Mountaineers to upset Oklahoma. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I love it. And, yeah, they're going to have the moonshine is going to be flowing in West Virginia. <laughs> Don't you worry. Uh, you want to go into oh, pros God, now? You got any more calls? Andrew, Andrew Luck's father is the athletic director there. At West it's Virginia? Just, it, it's just strange of all places. You huh. think of Andrew Luck in Stanford and, like, intellectual, and his old man is the AD at West Virginia. And I remember years ago <laughs> he campaigned so they could serve alcohol. Uh, at the games, and I was thinking, I'm all for booze at the games, but if there's probably one stadium you shouldn't get liquored up, it's people in West Virginia, but <laughs> it, 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 you know, it makes it even all the better. UNLV's like that, too. UNLV, they're just so bad, they figure, you know what, let's just let people get hammered. UNLV football games, it's crazy, man. You know, I was ordering like vodka and double cranberries and stuff like double vodka <laughs> and crans at a college football game. I never got cut off once. <laughs> oh, geez. Actually, when I think of Andrew Luck, I think of some Amish dude, so I'm shocked to hear that story. And I'm actually happy. I like him a little better now. Uh, let's, uh, let's Speaking of Andrew Luck, I love the team that he's playing and hosting. I, I'm all about, Mar- uh, about the, the Tennessee Titans going in there. They're underdogs. I love that game for Tennessee. Am yeah, I wrong? You know what? I've been... I've been I've been making some money. Unfortunately, I was on the Packers on a teaser last week because I'm an idiot. Uh, but well, we're done with them. Uh, we won't speak of them. Yeah, I've been taking Marcus Mariota on a weekly basis um, in DFS uh, and in fantasy. I picked him up uh, about a month ago, and I've just been riding him. One of the hottest quarterbacks in the National Football League right now. Uh, but I was on the wrong side of this football game three weeks ago when they played. I believe it was, and and Indianapolis beat them. And, you know, it was a closer game than, than the 34-26 score would indicate. It was real close until, like, the final six minutes. The Colts just sort of exploded in the, in the last six minutes of the game. Uh, but you guys are in a casino, and, you know, here's, here's a, um, you know, here's a, uh, a tip, uh, basically. If you're standing at the roulette wheel and you're betting on red and black and you see that it's come up black ten times in a row, why do you want to bet on red? You know, ride the streak and... 
I was I made the mistake of getting in front of this streak in the past, and I paid the price for it. Um, you know, the fact is, it's been ten straight times that the Colts have beaten the Titans, and I you know I don't think the Colts are going to the Super Bowl. It was a nice win for them last week, or coming off the bye against Green Bay uh, two weeks ago, uh, but. With that being stated, I think they're going to find a way to win this football game. I think Tennessee will fall short. Really? I like the Colts wow. in this spot. And okay. as much as I hate Mike McCarthy and the Packers, I think the Packers are going to beat the uh, the Redskins, although I'm getting tired of being wrong on Packers. Don't go games. near it. You need to be done with the Packers like Aaron Rodgers is done with his family. Yeah, you That's know what, what you though? Need. That game, a good bet is to the over. Yeah. Jerk. A good, a good bet is uh, is to the over. Um, yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is, uh, you know, jerk, uh, jerk brother there is probably playing defense for them because they're not stopping anybody right now. <laughs> it's not Aaron Rodgers' fault. Yeah, it's not, I'm, oh, not, I don't, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers uh, hugger. So oh, I know you're not. You know, I've yeah, been critical I of him in the past, uh, but it's not on him. I mean, the coach is an idiot. Let's just be real. Mike McCarthy is a horrible coach. You know, even when the Packers are good, McCarthy finds a way of letting the other team hang around. If you look, you know, McCarthy's getting defensive, talking about how successful he's been. They should be more successful, really. You know, when you consider the yeah. talent that they've had over the years, last year was the big excuse. Jordy Nelson's not here. Jordy Nelson's not here. Whatever, suck it up, Buttercup. So, you know, you're, you're not one guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, that's the excuse. Like, oh, that's what we heard all year last year. Oh, Jordy Nelson's not there. Their offense just not, well, whatever, man. What's the deal this year? Jordy Nelson's there, but it's not on Aaron Rodgers. They just can't stop anybody. But, you know, they beat him. They beat him in the wild card game last year. I think they beat him again uh, Sunday night. All right. Hey, quickly before we let you go, another uh, potential letdown. The Seattle Seahawks at home, minus six and a half to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Eagles not getting much love here. What do you think? No, you know what? I like the Seahawks in this spot. I think the Seahawks are the most dangerous team, uh, along with the Cowboys, next to the Cowboys, let's say. Although, you know what? I like the Ravens plus the seven uh, in that game. I like the Ravens plus two. Yeah, I like the Ravens plus the seven. I think you're talking about a flat spot. The Cowboys aren't going to go 15-1. and one. I think they're due. I've said this before in the past, and I was wrong. But I haven't bet against the Cowboys too much this year. I was wrong last week with Pittsburgh. But, you know, teams, after they play the Pittsburgh Steelers, the last 45 teams that played the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, they only covered 13 times. It's unbelievable. They're 13 and wow. 32 the week after playing. So, yeah, the last 45 huh. teams go. that played the Pittsburgh Steelers are 13 and 32 against the spread the following week for one reason or another. I think I like Baltimore plus the seven, uh, but I think Seattle are starting to click right now. I think Carson okay. Wentz is going to be in trouble. I think Seattle probably, you know, their typical 23-10 type home, home field win. I think Seattle are back right. and they're dangerous as hell. Sounds good, my friend. Listen, may the winners be yours, and we wish you were here at uh, the Boston Billiards Club and Casino in Nassau. If you make it out east, we'll have to take you here, my friend, all right? Hey, always a pleasure, guys. All, all right, right, that's Gabriel Morenci joining you. us here on the Stretch Run on ESPN New Hampshire. I'm your host, Jimmy Murphy. Bob Bartis alongside Justin Sullivan working the boards back at the station, doing a great job as always. We'll be back. One more segment here from Boston Billiards Club and Casino. Stay with us. You're listening to The Stretch Run with Jimmy Murphy. Stay tuned for Friday Night Lights, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Double down. What? 
got an 11. You always double down on 11. I know, but it's $200. It's blood money. I might get that double down. I can't double down. Mike, if you don't look like you know what you're doing, you must have more. Just shut up. Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn. Welcome back to the stretch run here on ESPN New Hampshire. Man, this show flew by here from the Boston Billiards Club at 55 Northeast. Boston Billiards Club and Casino, we should say, as of two weeks ago. And they got all the games here. 55 Northeastern Boulevard in Nashua. And we are already done here. What a great show. Thanks to all our guests. Thanks to you, Bob Bardis, for coming by. Excellent. Thank Can't you believe for you know, By the way, Bob's never didn't know what that clip was. That's from Swingers for anyone that's never heard it. But the, one of my favorite I place scenes it, but I got, I got one oh, yeah. soul playing Double down, baby. Yeah. Double down, baby. Double down. Oh, it's one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, check it out there. And it's with John Farrow. But uh, thanks to Justin Sullivan working the boards. Thanks to Pete Terrier for setting it up here. Thanks to the staff at Boston Billiards Club and Casino, 55 Northeastern Boulevard. Come on down. It's been a great time, and we're going to have a great time here now. Come say hello over at the ESPN New Hampshire table or by the gaming tables. We'll be here. And uh, thanks to you for listening. We'll talk to you on Monday. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the sports. You might refuse to stay. And so the best that I can.